0: I've been, uh, I was uh, sick this uh, past week quite a bit, and so uh, I'm sitting because I'm still a little tired. Um, you ever have a rough experience? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, had, I've had some uh, rough experiences, and uh, one of them uh, in, in this uh, neighborhood, and it's okay to, to laugh at my expense on this one. <clears throat> Um, I had some neighbors that I was getting to know and and really enjoying uh, getting to know. And they were on a a, a trivia team. You know, Uh, some of you know about these things. Um, And uh, I I like being on a team for a number of reasons. But um, they had somebody that was going to miss on a particular night. And they were having a good season. And they asked me to come. And when the the topic was announced, it was kind of a pop culture around TV shows and um, of a certain time period. And um, I was the oldest person on the team and so all heads turned toward me. (laughs) I was tired and the synapses were not firing and every question was around some TV show that I never saw. I'm sorry, I've never seen Silver Spoons. I know, to some people, people that's a crime, but I I just didn't. I missed it, I don't know. You know, I'm 45, I don't know. And the disappointment on their faces as the evening went on, and apparently I sunk the ship for the team. Man, it was palpable. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I may have ruined their season. And I felt really bad. And the further things went, the worse I felt. Uh, Learned a lot of lessons from uh, team sports. And um, there's a lot that is good about being on a team. But uh, one of the things that I'm glad um, about the kingdom of God, the way that God works, is that it's not all up to you. You're not the only team member that's supposed to have knowledge about that one area of trivia. (laughs) You know, we've spent some time uh, these past uh, few weeks um, talking about receiving the love of God and how we respond to the love of God. And I just want to remind you, God loves you. And you're not alone. And You are valuable. And it's not all up to you. It's a part of the human condition, I think, is that we can feel like we're more important than we are and less important than we are at the same time. (laughs) Um, So this morning in our, our time looking at the scripture, we're going to do this different than usual. The title you see on the screen, Your Share. And our main text, First Peter chapter four and verse nine, we're not going to turn there just yet, and today I'm actually going to have all the scriptures on the screen for your benefit. but this morning's message is really connective tissue between our recent weeks in talking about the way that God loves us, but also talking about personal identity and Am I asking the right questions? In my frustration, do I feel like I just don't fit? I can't find my fit. I can't find my perfect life, my best life. But maybe am I asking the wrong question? Is it possible that the God who created me, the God who loves me, the God created me by design, is already at work and already doing things and already has purpose that if I identify with, I can come into alignment and find my perfect fit, and find the fulfillment and the peace that I'm looking for. So part of what I'm trying to do is help us to ask the right questions. And last week we talked about what we see, what we learn in scripture about the purpose that God gave humanity in the midst of his work of redemption. And that included, we're created for a relationship. Created in the image of God. Second, for character to become like God. To be with God in relationship to become like God. Third, we're created with function. Function at large for all of humanity in a macro sense and in a micro sense for each of us personally. And many different functions. The the world sells a lie that your most valuable thing is one thing. Whether it be your job or your sexual identity. There's no one thing that is your most important, valuable asset in this world that's self-focused. Who you are in the context of God, that's most important. So we're created for relationship, we're created for character, created for function. And we are created for reproduction, both natural and spiritual. So we talked about... Some of those aspects of God's purpose in the middle of God's redemptive work. So now what I'm trying to do, again, remember, today's message is connective tissue with what we've been talking about and our prayers, which we're going to read a few of this morning. I'm going to put several verses on the screen, and what I want us to do today is look for themes in trying to ask the question, how has God designed us to live? What's your share? How has God designed us to live? Now, remember, the context of this is I'm receiving the love of God. I am loved by God. I'm receiving his healing. I'm receiving new strength. I'm receiving ability beyond my own human limitations. Okay, that's the context for this. And so this is about my response out of a thank you to God, how I respond and responding in a way where I find fulfillment and peace are you with me? Okay. So, first of all, we're going to read these verses to look about how look at how God has designed us to live. And obviously, we repeat on a fairly regular basis what Jesus said was the most important thing in the Old Testament, to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor in the same way you take care of yourself. So, love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 39. Romans 14, 17 For the kingdom of God is a matter of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This was written in the context of believers like you and I living in Rome in a complex society who had gotten distracted over squabbles and really had the wrong perspective about what this whole spiritual thing, what this whole kingdom of God thing was. distracted by thinking it was more complicated than it is, distracted by thinking it has a lot more to do with our external behavior than it really does. And what he's saying is, whoa, time out, that's not it. The kingdom of God is a matter of living a life of goodness and peace and joy. 1 Peter 4.9, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Hmm. Galatians 6.2, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Hmm. Ephesians 4 28 29 use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them Hmm. how has God designed us to live Isaiah 58, 12. There's a lot of Isaiah in the the scriptures with our prayers this week. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. This is walls in a good sense. I don't know about you, But for me, I think that Baltimore is a city in need of rebuilders. In every sense of that word. And people who are restorers of homes. So, how has God designed us to live? Jeremiah 29 7. A lot of people know verse 11. What does verse 7 say? Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. I've been uh, very blessed, very happy to have met a lot of people in Baltimore, many who grew up here, generations deep in the city, and, and many who have moved here from other places, including all of you. I would say that most have a love-hate relationship with our city. God gives this prophetic word to Jeremiah, to his believers, about a city that they had a love-hate relationship with. It's relevant to us. Work for the peace and prosperity of the city. Pray for it. For its welfare will determine your welfare. How how has God designed us to live? Something that's of interest to me, all these verses are speaking to people who have received the love of God and need guidance in how to respond. You know, usually I like to unpack the context of every verse to help us make sure that we're interpreting in the right way and we are actually not just, you know, clueless about it, right? Let me just tell you, I looked into it. The context of each one of these verses is speaking to people who have received the love of God and need guidance in how to respond. Now, let's look at some of our prayers from this week. I'm gonna, you can grab that paper if you would like. I'm going to start with this past Wednesday, January 15th, day 11. This past Wednesday. Thank you, God, for placing me in family, both natural and spiritual Please help me value my family the way that you do and relate to them with love and respect. Thursday. God, my peace, thank you for blessing my home as a safe place of rest. Please help me use my house for loving you, God, praying and being generous to the poor. Friday. God, your peace is a banner over my home in the neighborhood where you have placed me. Please help me love my neighbors, seeking their natural and spiritual peace. Yesterday, compassionate God, I believe that you have given me opportunities to be helpful to others. Please help me see each opportunity to meet a need, to meet a need, and then help me meet it today. Thank you, God, for giving me the opportunity to live in Baltimore City. Please help me pray for and work for the peace of this city. God, do miracles in our city. I've got a uh, declaration prayer available as a handout if you want to take it when you leave today, just kind of in follow up with that. Listen, here's what I believe you see on the screen. The love of God brings me to a lifestyle of sharing. It's not all up to you, but you have a part. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed by evil. God's called us to overwhelm evil with good. But it's not up to us. The sovereign God is the one who does the heavy lifting. What did Jesus say? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. We're called to give our heaviness to Him, as Dan mentioned, and exchange it for something that's joyful. The kingdom of God should include joy and peace. But it is a lifestyle of sharing. When we are self-first, self-most, self-centered, we will always end in frustration, discouragement, disappointment, and hopelessness. In whatever state we are in, if we will look outside of ourselves to God first and then the world around us, that's where peace is possible. Even in a time of crisis, There's a man who really was instrumental in saving my life, literally saving me from death. And he got a cancer of the blood. And he, even in the midst of his suffering, he reached out to every medical caregiver with thank yous, with encouragement, with something life giving, with a, a a smile with a a question, with listening to them about how, how their life was. He saw it as an opportunity to meet people he'd never meet otherwise. In whatever state we are in, we can step beyond selfishness. It's not to say that you don't matter. How we suffer matters, to be sure. And God loves you. It's our sinful world that puts us in this place where there is suffering. Right? God loves you. That's not His best for you. That's not what will happen when Jesus returns in victory. There is life ahead of us. There is joy ahead of us. There is victory. There is ultimate restoration ahead of us. It is what is coming. This place is not our home. It's temporary. Heaven is our home. But for now, we have an opportunity to share. The people that God has put around you, they might not be pleasant, but you might be the only gift of grace God sent their way. The love of God brings me to a lifestyle of sharing, peace, and joy. This includes my prayer, my work, my generosity, and words of encouragement for others. These just some observations I'm taking away from these verses. Because what I'm trying to do is trying to help us find how has God designed me to live? Because I believe that if we will be on that journey, like we talked about last week, of discovery, it's a journey of joyful discovery. We will discover the ways in which God has designed us to live. We will find more fulfillment, regardless of the limitations we find the discouragements we face, we can still find that joy and peace. So the love of God brings me to a lifestyle of sharing, peace, and joy. It includes my prayer, my work, my generosity, and words of encouragement for others. So, what should we do? Well, first of all, receive God's love for you. Every day, no matter where you are on this journey, every day, no matter where you are on this journey, receive God's love for you. It's supernatural, it's extraordinary, it's intoxicating. Receive God's love for you. Second, this one's a little bit more difficult. Structure my week so that there will be time energy and money available for others this is if you, if you look at the verses we've been looking at today last week, the week before what you'll learn is something more about God what does God care about what is God thinking about you know, there's some words that are meaningful to churches. We'll talk a little bit more next week. You know, what's the vision? Well, for me, what's God's vision? What does God see? What does God desire? What are the values of the church, of you personally? I'm asking the question, what does God value? And then what's the mission? How, how do we go about accomplishing that? I'm asking, what's God's mission? Well, I believe that the verses we read today and last week and the week before all speak to that. If we're paying attention, we can learn about what God cares about, what God thinks about, what what is God's vision, what are His values, and and what's His mission. It's important. It's meaningful. It should inform what I do today in, in work or rest. It should inform what I identify as a next step. It should inform... How I strategize for the future No matter what your vocation No matter what you do every day I think this is relevant And I don't think it's piling on a to-do list I actually think it's freeing So it means there's a lot of stuff I've done in the past I don't need to do anymore And None of this is conditional For God's love for you He's already loved you He's already given you his best. Forgiveness is always available. This isn't conditional to that. But each of us are given in this life some resources, time, energy, and money. And we get to choose what we do with them. For me personally, when I pray every day, I I pray the Lord's Prayer. I ask God for daily bread, but I also ask God to help me be a good steward. God, help me make good decisions with what you send my way. And I I learned from my parents who are pretty amazing some would say overachiever genius types Um, that you can live life to the max do your absolute best to be as effective as possible but therefore create a schedule where you're not actually available for the people you're walking past every day that's not God's will God wants us to slow down. And practically how that looks, if I'm going to structure my week so that there'll be time, energy, and money available for others, is that I need to be careful with every penny. And maybe I should go to bed earlier. Make physical changes so that sleep improves, so that I can wake up earlier, so that I can leave the house earlier where I'm going to school or work, so that I can walk slower and appear more available to the people I see. I know, I know, I know it hurts. Listen, this is something that my last corporate job, I went from a nobody in the company, didn't know anything about the industry, and in four years I was the general manager of the company, one of three. But one of the things that I did was I would get to the office extra early and be available socially to people who were there. And on a lunch break and at the end of the day, I'd be available socially. Now, when I was working, when I was on the clock, I would say, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now, but I'm available at lunch, or I'm available after. Or, you know what, I get here a little early for coffee. You hear, you hear what I'm saying? We can make decisions, and then it, I try to do the same thing in my neighborhood with neighbors. We try to do the same thing with where we go, where we shop. I try to structure my week thinking, how can I not be in a mad rush? But how can I be available for others? And we try to do the same thing with our money. We try to structure it so that we're not always broke. And let me tell you something. In case you don't know, we don't make a lot of money, and this is not an easy thing. But it's a worthwhile thing. Because I found a whole lot more joy in being able to give. It's fun. It's fun. And it's fun when I can do it not wondering, well, now I don't know how I'm going to (laughs) eat. Don't do that! Don't do that. Okay, so structure my week so that there'll be time, energy, and money. It's it's my share. Number three, ask God to help you recognize the who, what, where, when, how, and why. Listen, this is going to sound terrible if you don't have a sense from God of why You should live this way. It's not going to sound fulfilling at all if you're not reflecting on these verses, if you're not listening to the voice of God for yourself to understand why. Think about how the world would be different if everyone lived this way. God can help you recognize who. Who in your life, who do you see that could use an encouraging word? that could use a thank you card. God can help you with what to do and how to do it. God can help you with where and when. But it's got to come out of a thank you from your heart with an understanding of the why. And that's not going to come just naturally, you trying to do it out of your own flesh. you got to ask God for help with it. Does that make sense? Number four, take one step at a time. Don't overwhelm yourself with a to-do list of 21 things or 21,000. Take one step. One step. Even if that step is just, God, help me. And I'll throw out this. Coming up on February 1st, right here at noon, we're going to do free of charge a memorial service for a family in the neighborhood that has just been rocked by a tragic death with no money and very little in the way of friends or support. If you want to do something along these lines, come help me. Bring some food. Bring a card. Bring a word of encouragement. and Come help me. Saturday, February 1st at noon. Real simple. We we have opportunities. Next week we're going to talk more about the way we've met opportunities this past year and how we're going to meet opportunities in the future. It's not all up to you. It's just your share. It's God who does the heavy lifting. Let's live out of a thank you. Yeah? We're wrapping up this uh, these three weeks of prayer. I'd really encourage you to make it a priority to come out on Thursday night, 7 o'clock To enjoy the prayer and worship. When you come in on Thursdays or Sundays, especially when it's cold, if you enter up the ramp side over here through this door, it'll really help the heat in this building. But I also just want to remind you, Sunday, January 26th, is our ninth anniversary party as a church. We're going to have a fellowship meal after the service and really enjoy some time together. Why don't we stand and close in prayer this morning? Oh, God, thank you that your invitation to us today is to receive your love. Thank you that we are not alone. Your Holy Spirit walks with us every day as a guide, and you've brought us into spiritual family with each other. Thank you, God, that you have given our lives value. And thank you, God, that it's not all up to us, but you have given us an important part to play. Thank you, God. You are good. Help us. Help us to recognize what you want us to do next. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming today. There's something to eat, something to drink downstairs in the fellowship hall. Greet somebody. Give somebody some love. Tell them they look good. And eventually it will get warmer. <laughs> Grace and peace. To you have a great week. <laughs>